Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs radio show, where we highlight everyone from the top industry leaders to startups and farmers that make it all possible with Chef Jean Blom and photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Hi, and welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. I am so happy to have Nick Sordoni, who is one of the owners of the Brooklyn Dumpling Shop in Philadelphia, join us for the show. Nick? Thank you for joining us and welcome to our listeners and to Food Firms and Chefs. Uh, great to be here. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um, so uh, obviously this is one of the franchises and it started in New York, which oddly enough, it wasn't started in Brooklyn. But um, before we jump into that, let our listeners know who you are and you know what got you started in the culinary industry. Sure. So like you said, my name is Nick Sordoni. Um, uh, you know, we've, I've always been interested in food as long as also my, uh, my partners, Alex and Steve are, um, and how we got involved in this is during the pandemic, just kind of doing some research and looking around for any kind of business opportunity. We, you know, we, we try to look for new and interesting ideas. We kind of stumbled across this concept and it looked really interesting to us, um, kind of a technology forward, contactless, um, uh, uh, food delivery company. And we just started going down the road, talking to franchisees, talking to the leadership team. And it was kind of one step at a time and we really got interested in it. And, uh, here we are. And yeah. yeah, here you are. Yes. And, you know, you guys offer something that is based out of Philadelphia. It's an, uh, um, automat system, which, yes. I don't know if you want to tell our listeners what that is. Sure. History related to Philadelphia. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, as you may know, the first or the uh, the automat, first automat in the U.S. was in Philadelphia, Horn and Hardit Company, uh, and it was incredibly popular everywhere that they were. There was a commissary food system. You know, thousands of meals were prepared off site and delivered to these individual locations where you would drop in a quarter or a dime and turn a key and a door would open with any kind of food you can imagine, hot meals, cold desserts, cups of coffee, everything. Um, it was a great and fast way that people like to eat lunch and dinner. And it was a kind of a destination, kind of a, a novel concept. And what we think happened to that was uh, technology kind of failed the automat. As prices went up uh, for food costs, the mechanisms um, to feed dollars in, didn't really work. It, it worked when it was a quarter or a nickel or something like that, but they didn't have the technology to feed, you know, dollar bills in or take credit cards or anything like that. So it just kind of petered out. They didn't know how to, to bridge that gap between the cost of the food and um, and the the means to pay for it. Uh, so it kind of disappeared for a long time. And what our founders discovered was, you know, the kind of modern and tech forward approach. So you order through a kiosk or on your phone, like you would do at Wawa or Sheets or anything like that. And then you can pay for it at the kiosk with your credit card. Uh, it gives you a receipt with a barcode on it. Um, and when your order's ready, it'll prompt you on the board or send you a text message to your phone. You take your receipt or your phone up to the automat, which is a big, you know, uh, four by five cut locker columns. And you scan it at the little reading eye and your door automatically opens. We have hot and cold lockers and you collect your food and you're on your way. And, uh, you know, you can spend less than 20 seconds in the store if you need to, you know, it's, it's really fast and, and also contactless, which 
again, as we came to this during the pandemic, we found that that was a really popular option for people. Yeah. And it's definitely something where it's, you know, easier for grab and go concepts. Um, and I've seen documentaries and I've seen like little throwback videos every so often. I'm obviously not old enough to have experienced the original automat system. You are, you no. are not either. Um, but it's a very cool concept because like I've, it was big, large, you know, doors that would open up. So, you know, you would go in and drop the quarter in, but it's kind of like the back in the day version of like what a vending machine ended up being. And yeah. now, you know, fast forward, we have technology at our fingertips, quite literally at our fingertips where we can order food online, such as your own place, the, the um, Brooklyn dumpling shop and order what it is, whatever it is that we're desiring and then go and pick it up with the QR code reader, obviously. Yes. So it's a very cool concept that you're, you guys are bringing in. Um, now, I know that you have a definitive location right now. Are you, like, because with plans of expanding, are you exp expanding into other areas? Uh, yes, certainly we have plans to. So we actually have three leases in Philadelphia. Um, the first one is on South Street, uh, 308 South Street. Uh, that'll be the first location we're hoping to get that open in October. Uh, the second location is going to be on the campus of Drexel on Lancaster Avenue, um, which we think is going to be huge. College students seem to really respond to this. And the third one is going to be right downtown on uh, 15th and Sansom Street in Philadelphia. Which is and really plans, cool. Yeah, and our plans to expand. So we actually have the area wrap deals for the state of Pennsylvania. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So in the next eight years, we plan to open at least 35 of these um, across the state. Um, you know, we're we're getting our first stores up and running. So we have proof of concept for people, um, kind of a pitch to give people, you know, sub franchisees that are going to want to open across the state, as well as larger locations, the South Street one, namely, that we can use as training locations yeah. for some other locations to come in and, and uh, figure out how to run. Yeah. Which is very, very cool and very interesting, especially like when you're going into like the college and university areas, because I would be curious to find out if you would, you know, extend your open hours based on the location, because you have a lot of students that are in that small condensed area who are, you know, going to be up at all hours of the night. So I know that there's a couple of um, eateries in that area that extend their hours one of them, I think, stays open until two o'clock in the morning. Um, I don't know necessarily if you'll have that because you do have staff that's back there making these these items. Yes. Um, but I'm wondering if you, you'd expand the hours for those locations. Certainly, that is that is our plan. Um, the flagship store in Manhattan on the Lower East Side runs on the weekends 24 hours. Um, yeah, so the, unfortunately, at our Drexel location, our, our limit is 2 a.m., but our plan is at least on the weekends, um, to run till 2 a.m. Okay. Um, and give, you know, students the option and open up early. And also we have uh, breakfast options. And so we, you know, it, it's kind of a double-edged sword. We have on your way to class, you don't really have to break stride and you can get a really delicious hot breakfast. And, you know, after, after the bars um, late at night on your way back, you can get some delicious stuff that's going to be prepared fresh and kept hot in the locker until you come and get it. Yeah. And I want to say the other cool thing about this is it's like, aside from the fact that it's very easy, like grab and go stuff, if you, if you are on the run, um, it's something that's not super messy because it's self-contained. Yeah. We, we, uh, we love that part of it too. So let me also say that, you know, <laughs> I said that this is a technology forward company, but 
we wouldn't be involved in it if the food wasn't great. Um, yeah. We love it. Um, our founder uh, came up with this concept in part because his kids, he was having trouble getting his children to eat their vegetables and different kinds of foods. But he found if he put it in a dumpling skin and steamed it or pan fried it or or whatever, he was able to do it. So he came up with a bunch of different recipes. You know, we have cheesesteak, we have Korean barbecue beef, we have mac and cheese dumplings, we have, you know, traditional pot sticker flavors. But, you know, uh, the core of our kind of pitch is that this is like a uh, a two ounce deli sandwich, you yeah. know, Reuben and, and, you know, we can keep expanding and, and coming up with new recipes. And like you said, it is, you can, you know, hold it in your hand and it, you know, it doesn't, it's not messy. Yeah. For me, like I'm every time I eat, like not that anybody knows this, cause I don't think I've ever divulged this on camera before, but, um, or on the radio, um, I am like accident prone. Like, you know, I, I'll, I'll drive around and I have extra clothes in my car for the specific reason that when I have, when, whenever I eat it, the food goes on my shirt or down my shirt. So I'm always like changing clothes, um, because of that. So for me, it's like the fact that it's so self-contained and like it eliminates the, the, the risk for, for, you know, it becoming like a messy thing. Um, And not to say that, you know, it doesn't have like that oozy cheese for the Philadelphia cheesesteak, or I'm sure the Reuben has, you know, the, the, that nice, like balance of the cheese and with the, the juices of the meat and, and the dressing, um, which is iconically like a Reuben. Uh, I'm sure that there's some level of like, it could, it could, and probably will, because I'm eating it, get on shirt, (laughs) But, you know, you do have some some very desirable um, dumplings that that's on your menu. Yeah, we agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the part of this concept is 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 really cool, you know, from the from the flavor to the delivery system to that. Like you said, it's a it's a good walking snack. Yeah. And well, I mean, it's it's not just a snack. Like, yes, you can use it as a snack, yes. but you ha- you have so many options. Like, obviously, you can go with friends. I'm, I'm sorry. I feel like I'm taking over your part of this. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but you can go with friends and order a whole, co- you know, eclectic collection of, of options and try all those different things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's good to go with a bunch of friends because it's, you know, and, and mix and match and you try the different flavors. You know, we also offer a selection of bowls um, with a rice base, a lettuce base, or even now we're moving into a French fry base. We have really good Kung Pao seasoned waffle fries. Okay. So so that can be a base for a bowl. And then you can get, you know, chicken bites on top of that or dumpling bites on top of that. You know, the fries, they have a signature peanut sauce that is really, really good on the fries. And it's just a great meal or, you know, or like we said, the rice base with any, any flavor of kind of chicken bites on top of it with a little coleslaw. And it's a really nice meal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can I throw in, I, I like, can, can you make a kimchi, fr- like crispy fries with kimchi and like spicy something or other? We are. Yes. Uh, I love kimchi. It's one of my favorite things. Um, and we are always throwing out new ideas as we're, you know, ramping up with the number of stores and kind of getting our menu set. Um, right now we're kind of set. We don't have a kimchi option right now, but we also, each store has, you know, the opportunity to do a limited time offer and make their own set of dumplings if we want to. And, uh, we're going to play with, certainly play with favors. We're, we've also been discussing in Philadelphia, the, a roast pork sandwich, mm-hmm. which is popular here, a little provolone and broccoli rob inside of a dumpling. We think that would 
be really good. Yeah. That, kimchi, the, the peanut fries with kimchi would be very, very good. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to steal that from you. You can. Like, you could be like food farms and chefs, kimchi fries. <laughs> but, um, but okay, so what are some of your, like, based out of the the flagship location what are some of the more popular food items um people really love the, the mac and cheese dumplings they really love other franchisees that we have open in texas and in uh, long island and places like that the mac and cheese the cheese steak is really popular um and the and my favorite is the korean beef it's it's fantastic it's real short rib beef um, with this really delicious sauce and, you know, chunks of red pepper in there. Um, that's my personal favorite, but I would say those three are the, are the, are the main ones. And as well as the, the, the Kung Pao fries with peanut sauce, mm. who tries those are great as well as the dessert dumplings are very, very popular. Uh, apple pie is my favorite. And we also have chocolate cake Oh, and, nice! and peanut butter and jelly, which is, yeah, not yeah, just that. That's that's always a popular one. And no matter what age you are, peanut butter and jelly, as, as long as you don't have food allergies, is 100 percent going to be like like on top, you know, something somebody's going to order. Yes. Um, so given given all of the different franchises that you like and the locations that you're going to open, do you have any events planned or any grand openings planned ahead of schedule um, for for our locations? Um, we don't really have any events planned with. Uh, with our grand opening and our soft openings, um, we actually don't. Ex- we we're hoping for middle of October to get going. Um, you know, it's it kind of a, is a moving target, so we don't have uh, an immediate grand opening plan. But we certainly uh, have been working. The South Street community in Philadelphia is very robust. The arts community and the restaurants down there, and all the shop owners on South Street, really come together and uh, you know promote each other. So. Beyond that, we don't have a solid uh, anything really exciting to share, but I think maybe down the road we will. I don't think we can talk about it right now, but we'll we'll certainly keep you guys in the loop. I would love to know because, you know, I, I 100 percent if I'm able to make it, I would love to make it. Um, or even if I could help, you know, cross promote it, that would be wonderful, too. Wonderful. Yeah, we'll, when we have a date, we will let you know and we hope that you'll come and join us. I would love to do that. And I would love our listeners to to join you you know, in celebration too. Um, so, uh, in the last few moments that we have with you, you know, what, what's some of the, the things that we, you know, we could look forward to, like, do you have plans or is there an availability of doing that, um, that grabbing go of any of the, the wines that or whatnot to, to take? Sure. So on our locations right now, we're not pursuing beer and wine, uh, liquor licenses, that might come down the uh, come later down the road, but we will be offering the Virgin Frosé packages. Ooh. So we're going to be making the lychee and the rosé Frosé pouches. We'll have those in the store, mm-hmm. um, and they're in little receivable pouches. And we're not going to be able to sell wine uh, right when we open. Mm-hmm. We, might, we might pursue that, but I will say, if you wanted to add your favorite adult beverage to one of these Frosés to give it a little <laughs> kick, that's that's not you know. Unheard of. That's that's all. That's completely up to you. <laughs> this is true, and yeah. um, and you know, given obviously since it's a grab and go, do you have any kind of seating or any street street side um benches that people can eat at or a um, park nearby? We uh in South Street, you know, you can kind of find a place to sit any number of places. We do have indoor seating, especially at South Street. We have a second floor that will just be for seating, and we're also gonna 
look into maybe hosting events, kids parties, you know, you can rent it out, whatever you want to do up there. Um, at Drexel, there's tons of outdoor spaces that you can walk across the street and sit and eat, but we also have seating at all the locations. Oh, thank and, you. Thank you for letting us know. Yes. <laughs> um, so also with, you know, obviously, you know, running a business and keeping everything trendy and fresh, are you going to be uh, offering specials on any kind of regular basis? Um, yeah, like I said, we're looking into any kind of any number of limited time offers to correspond with sporting events. Um, um, we will run specials. We're going to have certainly during around the opening periods, we're going to be playing games with people in line and handing out kind of uh, gift cards to, to that kind of stuff. We're also really, uh, we have the ability to cater. So to make larger dumpling pot and, and get in, you know, with the office managers around the city. And this is, like you said, a, a great um, office food, you know, like a great catered food, pass around option for a party or anything like that. So, you know, yeah, I would say come out to see our openings when we, when we have those dates, we'll make sure to, to let you everybody know and come out and there will be plenty of opportunities. All right. I'm very excited for you and very excited to try it and be there when you guys have those openings. But for all of our listeners out there, where can they find more information about you and about the Brooklyn Dumpling Shop? Sure. You can go to brooklyndumplingshop.com. Um, that'll list locations and kind of give you an overview of the concept and you can look at all the pictures. Um, we are on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok uh, at Brooklyn Dumpling Shop PHL. Um, and uh, yeah, that's the best way to get in touch with us. As we ramp up, you'll see more activity coming out of those accounts. Um, but for now, probably brooklyndumplingshop.com is the best place to go. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs, Nick. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. <laughs> all right. And we will be right back after this short break. Join us on Food Farms and Chefs radio show, where we highlight everyone from top industry leaders to startups and the farmers who make it all possible with co-hosts Gene Blum and Amaris Pollock with original episodes that debut every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on WWDB 97.5 HD2 and at WWDBAM.com and on your smart speaker. Hi, and welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. And I am so excited to be able to introduce you to Laura Carroll. Carol, who is the director of sales for Insomnia Cookies. Laura, thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Absolutely. I've become a fan of the show, so I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Yay! Well, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Insomnia Cookies. And then after researching um, your history, I'm actually a huge fan of you because you are deeply embedded in the culinary industry, but for a certain very specific um, reason, which is gluten-free. Yes. So let our listeners know a little bit about your history. Yeah. Uh, so in a quick nutshell, I was uh, deployed to Iraq with the Red Cross, uh, 2008, 2009, got real sick, realized that I had a gluten intolerance, which kind of spurred everything else that happened after that. Um, my now husband had entered me into uh, NBC's Next Local TV Chef, sort of like Chopped. Somehow ended up winning the show after five weeks and it brought a book deal and a TV show and pilots and just so many things in the food world. And that's not the direction I was going in life, uh, but <laughs> fell in love with all of it. Worked in a ton of kitchens, learned a great deal about the food industry, realized pretty quickly that sales is my thing. Food sales is so much fun. I could talk about food all day. So it went from back of the house to an office selling gluten-free bread then selling online groceries 
and now with Insomnia Cookies, selling cookies. And and I want to mention the fact that it's a, you still have an active blog, uh, which is glutenfreeliving.com. Guilt-free food acuity. I wrote for- Oh, oh okay. Sorry. Uh, you're living <laughs> to magazine. No, no worries at all. So it's, what was it again? It's guiltfreefoodiecutie.com. That is appropriate for your personality. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you also are um, associated with Camp... um, Camp Celiac? Yes, .org. I was like, what did I write? (laughs) (laughs) CampCeliac.org, which um, is a camp that is run, um, run for individuals for young, young, you know, kids until I think age 16. Yeah. So we have eight-year-olds till 16. Um, kids come from all over the world. These are kids that have celiac disease that can't go to the friend's birthday party or the sleepover to a regular sleepover camp. Um, I've been with the camp now for 11 years, started as the chef and now as a co-director and it's a lot of work. We work our butts off all year for this one week to get these kids something special and they can come and they don't have to ask questions. There's cookies, there's a pizza party, there's pasta, there's chicken fingers, there's everything a kid dreams of that they can't have when they're gluten-free all in one week. And it's awesome. It's a really special place. That is awesome. Now, um, with that, I want to, I want to kind of ask if, if you teach the children, you know, how to make those items as well as, you know, them just being able to eat at where, whatever they want, whenever they want. That's a really good question. Um, so we have decided to take a stance where we don't want to talk about what they can't have at camp. We want them to come and just be normal for one week. It's a lot when you like can't go to a regular restaurant, you can't go to the movie theater. So no, we don't teach them because we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to talk about what they don't have outside of camp. We just want them to be a camper. Now they take it upon themselves to get all excited when they can steal food off the friend's plate or they take camp song and they turn it into a gluten-free song, but that's all on them. We don't like encourage it. We don't start conversation. We just want them to have fun. Oh, that is very, very cute. Now I'm going to liaison into um, <laughs> insomnia cookies, sure, let's do it. Uh, which obviously is, is uh, very heavy on the gluten, but <laughs> do but, have a free cookie. So, and I was going to get into <laughs> that. So um, let's use, utilize that as, you know, our little uh, liaison into insomnia cookie. So what is the gluten-free cookie that, you know, people can actually go and enjoy? Yeah. So we have a chocolate chip gluten-free cookie that is also vegan. So we have a whole vegan line, but our gluten-free cookie is also vegan. So that means it's dairy-free, it's egg-free and it's gluten-free. And I promise you it is the best gluten-free cookie I have ever had. And I've had lots of gluten-free cookies at camp. (laughs) This cookie is really special. I would trust you because I have never been to an insomnia cookie without, you know, in, in across the board of, of all the products. And I'm not going to like, you know, spoil it because obviously like I'm bringing you on to, to talk about insomnia cookie, um, and the cookie labs and, um, I, but everything I've ever enjoyed, tremendously enjoyed from, from insomnia cookie, um, is very gooey, very soft, very warm, like just you know, comfort, comforting, like that first bite, even just, you know, when you open up the doors and you waft in like the waft of like the smells and whatnot, like hits you, it's just like, ah, so sorry. <laughs> I feel like I'm- still a hot gooey cookie and you would know no different. <laughs> it is great. So, um, with that, I want to, I want to just, you know, bring, bring it back a little bit and ask you, you know, what is the very, very relatable, um, history of insomnia cookie. Like how did it become, how was it born? 
Sure. Yeah. I think it's a very fun story. Probably one of the reasons that I'm here. So our CEO, Seth, was a student at University of Pennsylvania, super local, and he loved playing video games with his friends. And it was late at night. This was 20 years ago and they would get hungry. So it was his job to go call pizza and they'd have pizza delivered and that's what they would eat. But Seth has a sweet tooth. He's like, I don't want just pizza anymore. I want something sweet. So he started making cookies for his friends. And then they started playing with the idea of like, can we deliver cookies? We can't be the only one that wants a hot cookie in the middle of the night, 12 o'clock, one o'clock. So they started this 20 years ago, you know, before food delivery was the thing it is now. And it took off and that was the start to what it is now. Yeah. And then, um, I used to, I don't know if it was the flagship, but I used to, um, work at university of Pennsylvania as a, as a hospital assistant in Matthew J. Ryan and the ICU and overnights, we would work overnights and I never knew about it. And on one night we were working and, um, there was one of the nurses that was just like, I have, you know, I have a sweet tooth craving. And so they were like, let's order insomnia cooking. I'm like, what is that? And they pulled up the menu and I was like, Oh, (laughs) <laughs> and that was my, like the first introduction that I had. And I mean, this is throwback to, I have no idea, probably when you guys first started out. Um, <laughs> but I was so enamored with everything that, that came from there. So, uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about some of the other items? Sure, sure. So that store that you're talking about at the University of Pennsylvania is our first store. It still exists. It's still like a regular store. So it's open to the public if you can get into that building. Um, so insomnia cookies, the the thought of it is we want to be that nighttime bakery. We're different than other bakeries. We are open till at least 1 a.m., sometimes even later, depending on where the location is. And we want customers to have it your way. So you're going to get a hot cookie delivered to you wherever you're located. And it can be one of our regular cookies. It could be a deluxe cookie that's super big and gooey and has all crazy mix-ins. It could be a limited time release, something that's super seasonal like peanut butter and jelly cookie that's out right now for back to school. It could be a brownie or a brookie or a blondie, or it could even be ice cream or ice cream on a cookie. Whatever you dream up, you can have delivered directly to you. Which is amazing. But I want to also do a throw throw to the fact that you guys can do deliveries of like, you know, I I want to send my friends some cookies because it's, you know, mm-hmm. their birthday or they're having a bad day or whatever, whatever reason you also offer that as well. Yeah, totally. So we have 200, as of today, 248 locations nationwide. We can deliver if you're in the area around a bakery, but if you're not, we can ship cookies directly to you, whether it's to your friend that just needs to pick me up or you're a company and you want to send a hundred gifts to all of your employees across the country, we are happy to assist. Yeah. And I also know that you guys do uh, large, like very large cookies that you can get uh, a face or something written on it. Yes. A cookie cake. (laughs) Yeah. The cookie cake's a great happy birthday. Anything you want. There's different uh, pictures that you can select from the website that go right on top and we can ship them or we can send them warm depending on where you're located. And it's just a great pick me up to somebody's day. It really is. And it, I mean, who who doesn't get a little bit happy, like even just receiving or seeing baked goods in front of them? Yes, absolutely. I want to then switch gears and just go into the fact that you guys have the what what really is kind of like a dessert lab speakeasy um, that you guys started. 
Yes. So the Insomnia Cookie Lab is in South Philly. It is the one and only, at least right now, it's right across from Pat's and Gino's. And if you walked in, and I know you haven't been there, so I'm going to paint the picture for you. If you walk in, it looks like a regular bakery. And in the back corner, there's a bookshelf and it's got all kinds of funky stuff on this bookshelf. If you don't know, you can walk in, check out that shelf and walk out and not think you missed anything. But if you know, and you get the password from Instagram, because it changes all the time, you say the password to the bookshelf, it magically opens and you walk down this little dark hallway that's lit with our logo along the wall into what is our cookie speakeasy. Make your own cookies, design milkshakes, you name it, whatever you can dream up, that's what we're there to do. And then in that space is another secret space behind a subway tile wall. There's like a little keypad that you enter and that opens up to the picture that you're seeing behind me right now, but that's our party space. So it's a speakeasy party space. Really cool for birthday parties, corporate events, all that fun stuff. It's like a speakeasy within a speakeasy. Yep, exactly. What a cool (laughs) way to have a birthday party. And our party people get to design the password. So if it's your kid's party, they get to come to the door and they have to say the friend's name and then it opens up and they get to go into the party. It's really cool. That is really cool. And also makes them feel like extra special too. Like, oh, you know, especially if you're a little kid and you're like, I, you know, I want to feel special. How's, you know, how amazing is it like for you to hand out like a birthday, like party card and invitation and like to, in order to get into that place, you not only have to pass through one thing with the password, you have to pass, you know, pass through the second door with the password as well. And if you're a kid, even like, so, you know, you're adult, yeah. Side, like you're, it's secretly like, Ooh, I get to go somewhere where I'm not, you know, where other up. people. Yes, There's exactly. <laughs> so, uh, let's, let's get into a little bit of the flavors. Like, um, I know I'm a huge chocolate peanut butter fan. Like you put chocolate cookie base with like, you know, or like an extra dark chocolate cookie base and, and throw in some peanut butter. I am a happy, happy person. Yeah. We have all kinds of crazy flavors and then you can design it your own. Even cooler is our ice cream line. So we have our own ice cream line that has our cookies uniquely put into the ice cream. So you can get like a nice peanut butter chocolate ice cream. You can get our purple ice cream. That's our galaxy ice cream, all kinds of crazy things, whatever you dream. We're happy to, to make that reality. Do you do any milk cereal ice creams? Not currently, but, but milk cookies. Always, yeah, things are always, <laughs> always changing. We're always having limited time releases on cookie flavors and ice cream flavors. Uh, I I know one of the more popular ice cream flavors across the country is mint chocolate chip. Do you have any uh, versions of that? Yes, we have that in a cookie and in an ice cream, and it's one of our most popular. It makes sense that it's one of yes. the most popular. I mean, yes. across the country, like uh, everyone loves a cookie, uh, like cookies and cream, or sorry, mint chocolate chip. Um, and then the second is vanilla and then cookies and cream, which is why I kept saying cookies and yes. cream. Yeah, cookies and cream is also a very popular one. We have an ice cream truck as well that we drive around the area and we do all different types of events and cookies and cream all the way. Everybody wants it. Yeah. I was at an event, uh, I want to say like two, not even two months ago, one month ago. And you guys were actually there vending and doing giveaways. And like, it was, it was very cool because you walk up to the table and obviously people are always drawn to sweets. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I really don't know too many people that are not automatically drawn to the sweet table, but, um, you were down at the barns. Oh, you were at the barns event. There you go. So you guys were down there and like right next to an espresso, um, maker like vendor or ice cream for <laughs> espresso 
Exactly. And <laughs> you can grab a cookie from you guys and then have cookies in affogato and, yes. you know, dip it. Yes. Yes. Lots of- do you guys offer any ice cream sandwiches? We do. We do ice cream sandwiches. You can get icing between two cookies, whatever you want. We're going to make it happy. You can put it between brownies or blondies, or you can mix it up and do two flavors of cookies. <laughs> do you have anything that's in the works for, cause it is, we're entering like a new season soon, mm-hmm. very, very soon. Yeah. And I'm wondering, do you have any kind of uh, events or any kind of specials that are, that people can look forward to with the fall? Yes. So if you keep an eye on our Instagram, our Facebook, our TikTok, we're always announcing new special things. There is a new, very special cookie flavor that's about to get announced. There is a big store opening that's about to get announced. Um, And our PJ party, which is nationwide, where you get to come out at night in your PJs and get all kinds of free stuff. Um, Definitely friend us on everything like us and stay up to date with all the fun things that are happening. Very, very cool. And now with the the new opening that's happening, are you guys going to have like across the the U.S., are you going to have grand opening celebrations to celebrate the grand opening? We open a couple stores a month as we quickly are growing. Um, So wherever the store is that's opening, we do a big party. So like they have a grand opening party and then we celebrate here. We did today for another one um, at corporate every time we open a new store. Um, But they're, they're growing quickly and they're all over the place. I'm sure that they are. It's a very popular, uh, it's a very popular thing and a very, oh, can you, can people order online? Yes, you can always order online. So whether you are local to us and you're going to get a warm cookie delivery in our signature pizza box directly to your house, or maybe you're outside the area where our bakery is, we can ship it directly to you. It's all on the same website. You just go to insomniacookies.com or download our app. You can do it all on there. Which is very, very cool. Now, here's another question. Do you offer any kind of recipes or uses online? Uses as in like how to repurpose our cookies? Well, you know, like, do you want to crunch it up and put it in the ice cream or, you know, there's fun ways you can like. There's different topping options depending on what you're doing. So like if you're thinking, I want to soup up my brownie, you can take a brownie and then you can say put some icing on top of it and then you can pick a topping that goes on top of that or just come to the cookie lab and we're going to go crazy and give you a thousand options of what you can do. And with the cookie lab, is that where you actually can get the take home boxes where you can decorate it yourself? Yeah. So my favorite thing to talk about at the cookie lab besides parties is these DIY craft kits that we do for parties. And if you have like anywhere from like a four-year-old to a 10-year-old, it's six cookies in a box with all the toppings they could dream of, all the coloring stuff they could imagine to decorate all these cookies. They can color in the box because the box itself is colorable and comes with crayons. And then they take it home as their take home. It's like a whole party in a box. It's awesome. That's very, very cool. And it's such a yeah. cute like thing for kids to be able to like, not only experience the cookie lab itself. And, you know, I've, uh, unfortunately, like we're, we're sending kids home high on sugar, but <laughs> <We are. laughs> so be prepared sugar. for that parents, yes. but, uh, <laughs> but it's a lot of fun. It's just a lot of fun incorporated into like a, a small package. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So and to get you to the cookie lab anytime you want. I would love to bring you over there. I don't live far away. It's fun. I know. I I've wanted to go ever since it opened up, but I was I was sent actually the invitation, but I wasn't able to go the day oh, no. that you guys had the like the media people there. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so I I keep every time I'm like near Pats and Genios, I'm always like, oh, I should go in. I should go in, and I never get around to it. And I I feel very remiss for it because I'm like I not only like 
is it a fun experience? I'm also like missing out because I have such a sweet tooth. I mean, a major sweet tooth. It is the best kept secret in Philly for sure. It really is. Uh, now for people who are looking to, uh, to visit the lab and for people who want to also look up more information on yourself and, um, and celiac disease and whatnot, like where can they find you online? Where can they find insomnia cookie? Sure. So insomnia cookies is easy Insomniacookies.com, And then every social network you can imagine. So the Facebook, the Instagram, the TikTok, um, check it all out. If you want to come visit the cookie lab, the hours are always posted online. We do close for private events often. So I just want to check the hours and make sure that we're open. So you don't come and get disappointed. Um, and then for me, you can always go to campceliac.org to see anything you want to see about the camp or guiltfreefoodiecutie.com to see my website or find me on LinkedIn. Always happy to chat with anybody. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. And I look forward to my visit to the Cookie Lab. And hopefully you can go with me and we can maybe yes. do some-, some I'm going to uh... do that. <laughs> name date. All right. We will do that. Um, so uh, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward to that. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, and we will be right back after this short break. To become a sponsor of Food Farms and Chefs and have your business or event promoted on two radio stations in Philadelphia that play on Tuesdays during Drive Time Radio and on a station in New York on Fridays at 1 p.m., you can email us at foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com, ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com, or arpolicus at gmail.com. Hi, and welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs, and I am very happy to introduce you to Bilal, who is the program manager for Food Trust, in, which is a farmer's market in Philadelphia. Bilal, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. <laughs> hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. You know, another day, another farmer's market. <laughs> and I, that's an appropriate comment considering how many farmers mar- or yeah, farmer's market locations you guys actually have throughout the city of or the Philadelphia region. Mm-hmm. So we run about 10, well, we run 10 farmers markets with a couple par- partner farmers markets. Um, you want me to list those or no? <laughs> I mean, if, if it comes out naturally, that's fine. We don't have to like list it because then, it, you know, I don't want it to bullet point, but like, I know that one of the locations is Clark Park. Mm-hmm. Yes. So- we run four year round markets. Um, Clark Park being our biggest Head House being our second biggest, uh, Fairmount, which is on 22nd and Fairmount, and it's on Thursdays, that being a medium size. And now this year we've opened Northern Liberties, which is another another year-round market that we plan to be it to be year-round. Yeah. Northern, Northern Liberties is a very large area. So mm-hmm. are you in no, no Libs like near the Piazza? So we're not, yes. We are near the Piazza, and actually, and I forget the name of the buildings. Um, it's the building next to the Piazza, which is called Alta. Okay, it, they're all like weird named buildings. So the Piazza is one one building. Alta is the next building to the side. It kind of looks like a a post um, construction building that's like postmodern construction building. Um, it's between those two buildings on Second and Germantown. So if you were on Second Street on your way, like if you're on Gerard, make a right onto Second Street. Mm-hmm. On your left hand side, you'll see the Acme, and yeah. then there's like a cobblestone road. And the market sets up on Saturdays on the cobblestone road, which okay. is technically Germantown. 
which is very cool. Like in, yeah. in that whole area is very like um, walkable. So it's perfect for a farmer's market, which obviously you're going to be walking around and checking out all the different vendors. And we'll get to that in a second, (laughs) Um, (laughs) because I know you have a multitude of vendors that, you know, contribute to the farmer's market as anybody, any farmer's market would. But um, what I really want to kind of just uh, steam stream into is the, the mission behind the food trust. Yes. So our big thing is access. Uh, we're uh, nutritious and delicious food, access access for all. Um, we try to make sure that all our farmers markets and all our farmers markets do accept EBT SNAP. On top of that, accepting there's a different kind of, I don't want to say currency, but you might not be familiar. There's a thing called the FMNP program, which is the farmers market, farmers market nutrition program. Mm-hmm. And what that does is through the state, they give out a check to seniors and mothers. So if you're a recipient of WIC and if you qualify as a senior, each year they give them out like a one-time check. In past years, that check has been about anywhere between, I think, 20 to 24. I think before the pandemic, it was only like $15. Mm. In the pandemic, it was $20. And then... One year after the pandemic, whichever year you consider, it was $24. But this year, it's $50. Ooh. And so that's five $10 checks that you can use with a farmer, a Pennsylvania farmer, uh, to buy any fresh fruits and vegetables at the farmer's market. And um, that's a huge benefit, too. Like, especially mm-hmm. with, like, everything going up in prices and, you know, wanting to be able to consume healthy, nutritious food. You, you you're you're gonna want to stretch that budget so that's a huge benefit yeah no definitely and another program you know <laughs> to increase access for folks who um, are on some of these programs that we run which is called the uh food bucks program it used to be called philly food bucks program but it's actually food food bucks because now we i think it what happened was it was piloted in, in Philly for a couple of years and it was actually supported by the city of Philadelphia. Now we've taken it over through the state. And so now a couple of grocery stores and corner stores also do that program um, where for however much money you spend on your EBC card, you're then given um, a coupon, which is called Philly Food Bucks. At our farmer's markets, you're given like a direct coupon at some other POS systems you're given like a receipt, kind of like CVS, right? Yeah. And so you can use that coupon or receipt on fresh fruits and vegetables back with the farmer or at that participating um, grocery store. Yeah, and I'm going to use that as a liaison into the fact that you also offer a program like Healthy Corner Stores. Yes. And I'm assuming that that's a part, part participant of, uh, of the, the Bucks. Uh, some of them are, not all of them. Um, they do a, a variety of things with the healthy corner stores, but the, like the most important is like trying to make sure that the corner stores have some fresh fruits and vegetables and working with the corner store owners to like teach them the benefits of having fruits and fresh fruits and vegetables in a neighborhood. Um, it's hard sometimes to get people onto the program only because, you know, we still live in, we're living in this new tech, technological age where trying to 
get folks to go buy a POS system that they don't necessarily have at the moment. It's kind of been a little bit of the hardship hardship and yeah. you know, getting some folks onto these programs. Um, we, you know, we, we as much as possible try to help write grants for them to get some of these POS systems. Um, and it's, it's been working out. And I think, you know, every corner store that we touch, we try to make sure like, listen, access is our number one goal and making sure that, you know, it's like, listen, it's best to have fruit, fresh fruits and vegetables to promote, you know, healthy eating lifestyles. And, you know, I think a lot of them kind of come over the fence and like, yeah, you know, this is actually a plus because more people are actually coming towards our, to our store or, you know, farmer's market to get more of these particular items. And and that's something else that I know, you know, is part, a big part of the mission of why you guys started is because you wanted to implement or bring about the availability of those fresh, nutritious vegetable produce, we'll say, because it's vegetables, fruits, and, and whatnot that you guys offer at these farmer's markets. But for individuals who are in, you know, food deserts or in nutritional, you know, nutritional uh, deserts where they, they don't have access to as much of the produce and, and farmer's markets that, say, suburbs that would have access to. So I know that that was one of the big missions where you guys started out, um, which I believe was back in 1992 uh, that you started this mission. Yes. Um, don't quote me on like <laughs> the founding too much because I've I only been here since 2015. Um, but yeah, no, that that was some of the biggest, bigger missions that they were kind of starting on. And I think I should say, I think we actually started at a farmer's market first and then developed into these other different programs like the Farm to School program, the Healthy Corner Store Initiative, um, HFFI, which is the acronym for uh, it's like healthy. Don't even quote me on it. It is, uh, but basically, it's a grant to give to grocery stores or farmers markets to help to for them to buy an equipment um, to increase healthy food access. Um, and then, you know, a little bit of our consulting business that we kind of do of just, you know, going out into the rest of the United States and t- telling people the work that we've done here and how they can do it there. Um, it's been it's been cool. Again, I've only been to a part of like a little bit of a quarter, not even a quarter, less than a quarter of. of of the food trust, like being here. Um, and and yeah. I mean, but that's important though, because going into schools, per, you know, which I know is one of the big things that you guys do, you go into schools and you, you teach the kids, teach the teachers and parents how, you know, the value of not only just eating nutritional foods, but also how, you know, how to, how to make said foods um, and the benefits from it. Because when you're ingesting things that are healthier, for you, it increases your chances of having a better life. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and you know, that's a small bit of a different program that I'm not that I'm not on, but I work with that that team like hand in hand because you know when we have a farmers market in a neighborhood that's kind of a food desert, there are also all these schools that are around, right? That function sometimes in the summer, sometimes not, and so. What we try to do is partner with schools with the farmer that's in that particular neighborhood and send the farmer to the school and they either like do like a pop up food stand or for him to do kind of lessons so that, you know, they get to know that their, their local farmer and understanding the food is like where the food is actually coming from. I was actually on a call this morning where we were talking about that, where, you know, a lot of times and 
not, you know, it's not okay, but this is kind of what happens is that people don't often know where the food comes from. They think not, you don't know what they probably think, but they're, they're going to the grocery store, gathering it, but not necessarily knowing, making the connection from like the ground to the grocery store to their, you know, their um, dinner table. And one of the things we try to do is like, make sure folks, you know, get to meet the people who are doing some of this direct work and helping them understand, like, you know, you can be doing this in your backyards. This is easy as, you know, getting a, pl a plot of dirt and planting some seeds. Um, and then not even just that, you know, with with kids who are very interested in anything because they're, you know, they're very new to the world, trying to make sure that they understand, like, you know, is a new thing for them to learn. And sometimes like that, that travels over. It's like once you get the child interested in, you know, their healthy eating, they, you know, unwillingly just pass it on to the parent. Yeah. And the parents like, oh, like this was kind of cool. Like, we're, you know, you seem kind of interested into it. Let's go to that farmer's market. It's a thing to do for the day. And you to see, you know, your your new farmer, Farmer Hank, uh, F. Worth and Lehigh, and you're like, oh, like I've seen Farmer Hank at, at my school, like, and you know, fostering that connection, and you know, having the kids understand, like, oh, well, you know, Farmer Hank bought this from Bucks County, and Farmer Hank has has a farm that you know he grows a lot of garlic on. Um, just trying to, you know, pin some of these details down on people, so you know, they get it, they understand, you know, where some of these this food is coming from. And, you know, how it gets from the dirt to the dinner table. Yes. Yeah. Um, now, you're. I know that you're using Hank as like a <laughs> fill in the blank for the, for, for the farm. But I was wondering, are there specific farmers that you work with uh, that you might be privy to? Because I know that there's different sections uh, um, under the food shelter or sorry, the uh, the food trust. I, I know that there's different programs. There's different um sections of of what people do who you know work with the organization but if, are you you know do you know some of the farms that you you guys work with specifically who come into the market yes no just about all of them um <laughs> so and actually hank is one of our farmers oh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i didn't go through the the list of the seasonal markets that we have but we so Anywhere between May to November, we host uh, six seasonal markets um, that are open. And so Farmer Hank, uh, Hank's last name is Wittenberg. Hank has a farm and his farm is uh, Heyday Farms. And you catch Hank at 4th and Lehigh, but you can also catch him at our headhouse market on Sunday. 4th and Lehigh is on uh, Tuesdays between 11 and 3. Um, we have another farmer at Castor and Hellerman. His name is uh, Ray from Drum Drums Produce. He comes out of uh, School County, right? It is School. Yep, School County, um, and that's another. Uh, well, that's a Wednesday market in the Northeast, and that's that goes from eleven to three. Uh, we have Root Bass, which uh, is Lindsay and Landon. I don't know their last names, but <laughs> their farm is Root, Net, Root Mass, and they're at Frankfurt Transportation Market every Tuesday uh, from two to six. Um. We have Hank Forth and Lehigh, FTC Tuesday, Castor and Hellman. Um, we have two farmers at Overbrook. Uh, it's really Overbrook Farms and it's at the church, which is um, Overbrook Presbyterian on Saturdays. And those that's Walnut Springs and Homestead. Walnut Springs is Joseph Christoffel. Homestead is the Ron Weavers. I say Ron Weavers because their whole family last name. Well, 
the cool thing about Overbrook, real quick, and if I can just go into like our markets, we have these two farmers. One's name is uh, Weaver, and one's name is uh, Christoffel. Joe's family, all his kids' name are starts with a J. <laughs> and, and Ron's family, all his all their kids' name starts with an R. Okay. <laughs> and it's so like it's so funny. They're cool, the cool so, people. So they're all like R W or R R J. Uh yeah. Yes. Or, yes. Yep. You- so like Jenny, Jane, Joseph, Joe Jr., um, Joel. Like all those <laughs> you names. really do know them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have, that, uh, was, that was like a loaded question then. <laughs> yes. But um I let's bring it back to the nutritional value because I want to mention, you know, obviously when you're pick when you're going to a farmer's market and you're picking out the fresh produce, uh the green the more vibrant the color, like the deeper of the greens have more nutritional value inside. Like that's why, you know, like your spinach leaves have far more nutritional value than say butter butter lettuce. Um and I'm sure that you guys an incorporate with all the farmers, like I'm sure that they bring a whole gamut of selection of nutritionally balanced produce, you know, and obviously like you have the four, I think you said four year round uh, farmers markets Mm -hmm. and the seasonal ones. When are you running the seasonal ones till? Like when is the end end date for the seasonal farmers markets? So they start to end uh, last week of September to the the last mark, the last two markets end the week before Thanksgiving. Um, okay. So our two Saturday markets, which is uh, Overbrook and Hunting Park, um, they will probably go all the way up until the end of Thanksgiving. And that's another thing that's sometimes based on the farmer, right? You know, depending on the season that they're having and if they have enough um, products or, you know, produce, like their harvest can be affected by the weather, right? And like, and I, I can give you this one example, Ray, at Drums Produce had a drought, um, and this is like a little bit center uh, Pennsylvania. And so because he had a drought, he wasn't able to, like he had to go to September and not necessarily all the way up until think, the weekend before Thanksgiving, which he would have liked to. Um, but yeah, those are usually kind of like the closing times, anywhere between that time of closing the, the markets. They start, um, they can also start anywhere between the last weekend of May to these mid-July. Um, a lot of this is based on like the harvesting and like also, you know, some of the currencies as well. Um, I, I said the FMP checks, and that's one of the things if you talk to a lot of Pennsylvania farmers, which is that the FMP checks are like wildfires, right? And so oh, let me stop. I was yeah, I was gonna say okay. unfortunately we ran out of time. So I do have to close you up and let you uh let our listeners know where to find the food trust. Uh I keep saying the food trust. Or yeah, it is the food trust. <laughs> <laughs> let our listeners know where to find the food trust and um more information based on that. Gotcha. So if you went to the foodtrust.org, um, that's where one you'll get a lot of a list of all our farmers markets. Um, another great site to find any farmer's market around. There are 29 farmer's markets throughout the summer that's, that are running around. Um, and that's phila.gov slash farmer's markets. Um, and those are all the greatest places to find, like, you know, what's going on as far as like farmers, farmer's markets, or even nutrition education. Um, if you're interested in knowing, like, if 
your school kind of has um, nutrition education either sponsored by us or maybe uh, the city of Philadelphia. All right. Thank you so much for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. No problem. Thanks for having me. No problem. (laughs) And we will be right back next week with a brand new episode, but tune in and find us on WWDB and WPAN. To listen to the rest of Food Farms and Chefs, tune your HD radio to 97.5 WPEN HD2 or stream live from WWDBAM.com. 